You are listening to Daily Devotions with Pastor Robert Marsbach. We believe that these devotions will encourage and strengthen you. So tune in, connect, and be blessed. For any more information, please visit us online at lifechurchuk.org. Welcome to Life Devotions. Thank you for joining me today. Don't go to heaven alone. It's the title of this devotion. Don't go to heaven alone. You see, that title comes from 1978, most likely October, November. I was invited to a youth group in Amsterdam in the Netherlands where I was living in those days to come and give my testimony of what Jesus had done for me. I had prayed, read my Bible, and I'd been really meditating on God, what to do. And so I went over there and the youth group sat in a circle in front of me. Here was the door in and out. And this, this circle of young people was sitting and I was standing behind this little pulpit. I had my Bible. And, and I was sit, standing there and I didn't know what to do. I mean, I, I had, I'd never really preached. I'd given my testimony once before. I didn't know what to do. I was, how old was I? Eight, just 18, barely 18. And, and, you know, I'm standing there. Uh, oh, I didn't know what to say. <laughs> oh, I got so nervous about went crazy. I thought, okay, let me just read you something. I, I said, okay, and I tried to read it and I, I started in my reading because I was so terribly nervous and I looked and some of them were laughing and others were chit-chatting with each other like, oh my goodness, what have we got here? And everything inside of me screamed, walk to the door, get in your car and drive off, right? I mean, screaming, walk to the door, insecurity, fear, anxiety, stress, nervousness, shyness, whatever word you want to put to it can make you feel like running. Shame, guilt, it all makes you feel like running away from everybody and and understand that feeling because my goodness, it was overwhelming. And something in my heart helped me, helped and helped, helped and helped me. And I didn't know it then, but it was Jesus. Because I was there being so strong, just run away. And inside, finally, I listened to that inward knowing. And I said in my heart, no, I will not run away. I trust God. And the moment I made that inward decision, the fountains of heaven opened up in me. And the Holy Spirit empowered and enabled me to begin to speak by the Holy Spirit. Utterance was given and all these young people were shocked as they felt the power of God fill that room. And I was preaching like a house of fire. Oh my goodness, the heavenly joy was was so overwhelming. And I preached and preached for two hours. And God came down and and joy filled our hearts and everybody was touched by heaven. And driving home that night, I could not stop singing. I was listening to a cassette tape by 
Andre Crouch, who was singing about the blood that Jesus shed for me way back on Calvary. The blood and never lose its power from there and so forth. Oh, I can't remember it exactly, but I was singing it and weeping and singing because I was so thankful, so thankful to have been given the privilege to share the heavenly life of Jesus. I'd never known it before like that, never. Oh, I'd sit in meetings and I would feel how it would be in others, but I'd never felt it myself until that moment. And then when I was singing and praising Jesus for granting me to share his heavenly life, he opened my understanding. I'm sure it was only a split second because I was driving, even though it felt long to me. And I saw myself walking into heaven and the light of heaven was like wind. It was a life that went right through me. And I was walking into heaven. And as I was walking, I looked to my left and to my right and saw multitudes of people standing in the darkness looking at me going. And I began to cry and said, no, Lord, no, Lord, no, Lord. I don't want to go to heaven alone. I don't want to go to heaven alone. Don't go to heaven alone, the title of this devotion. I tell you, dear friends, I wept and wept and the vision left me instantly. And I came home and I went, it was like 12.30 at night. I went to go see my father who was working at his office doing his radio programs. And I said, Pa, Pa, I, I, I don't know what to do, Pa. I can't go to heaven alone. I want to preach, Pa, Pa. I've got to preach. I've got to preach, Pa. I can't go to heaven alone, Pa. Oh, I wept and wept and wept. And I still want to weep. I want to weep, not because I want to be over emotional, but I want to keep a tender heart for heaven. I don't want to go to heaven alone. Not today, not ever. As long as I'm here in this body on earth, I want to be an open door. I want to be an open door. I want to be an open door. Within two months, I was in Bible school and my journey as a minister started there in 1978. I began to preach for the first time there in 78. And it's been a little while. And Jesus here, he says in Revelation chapter 3, verse 20, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone, anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and dine with him and he with me. To him who overcomes, I will grant to sit with me on my throne, as I also overcame and sat down with my father on his throne. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches. I stand at the door and I knock, and if anyone hears my voice and opens, I will come, I will come. You see, friends, it says in Proverbs chapter 10, verse 17. Let me read that to you. Proverbs 10, verse 17. That verse has so helped me in, in my serving the Lord. He who heeds instruction and correction is not only himself in the way of life, but also is a way of life for others. And he who neglects and refuses reproof, not only himself goes astray, but also causes to err and is a path towards ruin for others. You see, 
the Lord Jesus opened the door for me as I was knocking by giving him praise. He opened the door for me. I want to keep the door open for him and not just for him. I want to become an open door. I want to be an open door for him to come to others. You see, I was thinking about this today. Don't go to heaven alone. And I was thinking, how can we not go to heaven alone? It's if we become an open door for others. But you've got to let him in consistently, constantly by keeping the door open. You can't open, close, open, close, because you'll find out when it should be open, you will be unaware that it's closed. And you will miss the opportunity. I mean, simplest example, it, we were in asleep Virginia woke up and she says, oh, honey, I, my tummy is so upset. I need this little, this little medication. I said, honey, the pharmacy is open all night. I'll go and get it for you. So I quickly got dressed and I went to this, I got in the car, I drove to the pharmacy and I got the medication. I went up to the counter to, to pay for it. And there was this lady, it's an over-the-counter uh, uh, little medication that helps calm the tummy. And, uh, and, and there was only one person there, and there was this lady. And the moment I, I put down the medication to pay for it, I looked at her, Jesus came through the door of my heart that was open. And I said to her, it's time for you to go back to church, isn't it? She said, I was just praying about going back to church. Well, the Lord says, I can hear you praying. Come on back to church. I'm waiting for you. You're going to have an amazing time. And she began to weep because Jesus came to her. How could he have come to her if my door was closed? How could he? So go with me for a moment to Acts chapter 16, right? Acts 16. Paul went to the city of Philippi, okay, in Acts 16. And there was this young lady, and to make her story short, when Paul set her free from the evil spirit by which she was enabled to be a soothsayer, to a fortune teller, the men who were abusing her in making money on her fortune telling ability that was inspired by evil spirits, got so offended because when the evil spirit was driven out of her by Paul, she couldn't anymore be a fortune teller. Fortune teller is always based on deception and lies. It's never based on truth because it's not the spirit of truth giving the ability. So it's not possible to be a spirit of truth. It may have some familiarities to it, like a familiar, familiar spirit can have familiarities to it, but it never gives inspiration from God himself, never. So it's never anything you want to have an open door to, never ever open the door to fortune tellers or palm readers or anything like that, soothsayers. Don't ever go there. Don't touch it. Don't have anything to do with it. Don't read the Zodiac. Don't ever go there. Don't get a taste for it. Don't let it in your heart. Don't read it. Don't look at it. Don't be busy with it. Have nothing to do with it. I'm, I'm serious. The Holy Spirit is wholly different. The Holy Spirit comes from our Father who knows, the who knows the end from the beginning. 
and, and you read this in Isaiah 43, 44, 45, and so forth. And here, Paul had driven out that evil spirit. Well, the men who were making money on there got so offended, they stirred up a riot against, against Paul and Silas, and they were beaten and beaten to the point of bleeding and thrown into the deepest dungeon of the prison. My goodness, what people will do in rage because of money is quite evil. And here they were in prison. Now listen, folks, they could have been sulking, moaning and complaining and beggaring and just being all upset and offended. But look what I, what, what I read in verse 25 of Acts 16. But at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. You want to keep the door open to Jesus? He says, I stand at the door and I knock. If anyone can hear my voice and opens, I will come. I will come. We need to keep the door open. Paul and Silas kept the door open, despite that they had been so mistreated, so cruelly mistreated, and were physically hurting and bleeding and they were unfairly treated for having a good deed done unjustly. They kept the door open. How did they keep the door open? By praying and singing hymns to God. And the prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly there was a great earthquake so that the foundation of the prisons were shaken and immediately all the doors were opened and everyone's chains were loosed. Now, many times when we are in a, in a difficult place and the door opens, we think the first thought is to just get out. But the Apostle Paul and Silas did the opposite. They stayed when the door opened. You see, friends, there are, I have seen this, for example, in marriages. When people harbor resentments, they harbor bitter feelings about prices they've had to pay for the relationship that they feel they feel were unfair, unjust, or unkind and, and hard to bear. And they have struggled in surrendering it to God. They've struggled in coming into His rest in those areas and trusting Him to work what they could not bring to pass and live by faith instead of by, by want and need and upsetness. You see, then when a door opens, they take it, they take it. And I encourage you, sometimes the greater power is to stay when the door opens. The same is true with pastors. When they're in a town where it's difficult and hard and things haven't broken through as they wished, as they hoped, as they dreamed, as they envisioned, and then when finally a door opens and their character and their devotion to God is tested, they're tempted to take the door, to take the door. But the greater power is to stay and obey. Jesus said, don't you know I could call six legions, 72,000 angels? But for this purpose I came. No, no, I'm not taking this door. No, it's offered, but I'm not taking it. No, I'm staying to fulfill what God has intended and planned. You see what I'm saying? Paul and Silas stayed while the door was open. 
what was the open door. They were the open door. It says here, and all the doors were opened and every chain was loosed and they stayed with the open door. And the keeper of the prison wakened out of sleep, seeing the prison doors open, supposing the prisoners had fled, drew his sword and was about to kill himself. And Paul called with a loud voice saying, do not harm yourself for we are all here. Then he called for a light, ran in, fell down trembling before Paul and Silas. And he brought them out and said, sirs, what must I do to be saved? So they said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved, you and your household. And they spoke the word of the Lord to him and to all who were in his house. And he took them the same hour of the night and washed their stripes. And immediately he and all his family were baptized. Wow. Now I love this story. (laughs) I love this story. My goodness, I love this. This is a true story. Paul and Silas were an open door for Jesus to save that jailer. And that jailer was an open door to his whole household. And all of them were saved. The whole household was saved. Now, come on. Let's be an open door. I'll give you one more quick example from Luke chapter 23, verse 33. Here in Luke 23, there's a riot. There's a mob mentality, which we can see in the world today, mob mentality. And the mob was having this unkind and evil spirit. And they, and when they had come to the place called Calvary, there they crucified him. And the criminals, one on the right hand and the other on the left. And Jesus said, Father, forgive them for they do not know what they do. And they divided his garments and cast lots. And the people stood looking on, but even the rulers with them sneering, sneering, saying, he saved others. Let him save himself if he is the Christ and the the chosen of God. See that mob mentality, stirring one another up with evil. And the soldiers also mocked him, coming and offering him sour wine. See, there was a whole stirring among the crowds and the soldiers laughing, mocking. There was this mob mentality. You are the king of the Jews. Well, save yourself, they said. Uh, And an inscription also was written over him in letters of Greek, Latin, and Hebrew. This is the king of the Jews. Then, listen now, one of the criminals who were hanged got caught up in that mob mentality and blasphemed him, saying, if you are the Christ, save yourself and us. Now listen closely. But the other answering rebuked him, saying, Do you not even fear God, seeing you are under the same condemnation, and we indeed justly, for we receive a due reward for our deeds? But this man has done nothing wrong, and he said to Jesus, Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus said to him, Surely I say to you, today you will be with me in paradise. I want this. I want this. When I'm reading you, I want this. I want what Paul and Silas said. I want what Jesus said. Paul and Silas were an open door while they were bleeding and imprisoned. 
they were worshiping, praying, singing hymns, and they were an open door for everybody in that prison. Jesus, despite that he was so cruelly, cruelly treated and mocked and sneered at, the whole mob was against him. The door was open. The door was open. The door was open. He didn't go to heaven alone. He said to the to that to that man on the cross next to him, the criminal, today you will be with me in paradise. He didn't go to heaven alone. Come on, friends. Let's be an open door for Jesus to come, not just to us, but through us. Amen. Have a good day.